right here. The name is Paul Revere, and here's a guy that says if the weather is clear, can do. This is Bill Duncliffe. I want to welcome you back to another edition of the Can Do Podcast, where the heroes and history of horse racing come alive, part of the In The Money Media Network. This is another episode of our Beyond the Backstretch series, celebrating and illuminating the lives of the backstretch heroes who make our sport run every day. Every movement, every organization, every institution of any meaning has its founding fathers. Mary McLeod Bethune, Bill W., as he was known, Benjamin Franklin, all of them share the same characteristic. To paraphrase a current saying, they saw something, a wrong or wrongs, and they did something about it. Which brings us to today's guest, Rudy Rios, who came to this country from his native Argentina in 1964. I began to work with horses in 1961. In 1964, I arrived to the United States from Argentina, seeking life improvement, which I found through the horses racing industry in New York. After a few years in this country, what he ended up seeing was an image in the mirror that he did not recognize and did not like. I was suffering myself from alcohol abuse, you know, even though it caused my, my first marriage, it uh, caused me a few good properties that I used to have, material things, the house, three automobiles in the driveway. And I went up sleeping on top of a uh, tavern over here across from Belmont Race Track for a little while, okay? What had happened is, I understand my very very small, you know, jockey size, you know, 119. Mm-hmm. And my mother never wanted me to, to drink, okay, because, as you know, you're doing a special job that is no good for you. You eat little and you're too skinny, and, and then <laughs> you're going to get sick if you if you drink alcohol, okay, which mm-hmm. I did try, like I said, when I was 14 years old, and, and I went up getting sick. Then I was in the Air Force for three years, and I went up drinking at the end of my discharge in 1963. From 61 to 63, I was in the Air Force. Okay. And revolution of the president of, of Argentina. Mm. So the next year, in 1964, a trainer that I used to ride for him in Argentina, Mr. Roberto Herrera, he says, Rudy, he says, you know, you seem to be such a positive person. You don't drink, you don't smoke, you have a good personality. Would you like to go to the United States for two weeks? You're going to drop on mm. 11 horses and you come back. Well, I'm going to tell you, when that man opened the airplane, the airplane doors and I saw this beautiful, beautiful country, you know, palm trees, Miami, mm. the hotels, everything was wonderful and I didn't, I did not speak English at the time, but I don't know what this word come out. I don't know what this word come out. Maybe I looked John Wayne, John Wayne movies in Argentina and I said, God bless America, you know? Oh, wow. And, wow. and, and when the man at the bottom of the plane said, Mr. Rios, Mr. Rios, 
the limousine is waiting for you. And they're going to take you to the hotel. You know, I come from the full country, from the mountains, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Again, I say, God bless America. I just left my donkey in the mountain, and now a limousine is waiting for me. And people will never left my donkey (laughs) in the the woods in Argentina. So, and still, it was present by one, two, three... In 1968, I was right here in Belmont Restaurant, right across from this office now, born okay. number 24. A friend of mine, he says, Rudy, he says, well, you want a beer? And I said, beer? I said, money, what does that mean, beer? He said, well, Rudy, that's cerveza. I said, I don't drink that stuff. He said, come on, you're in America, you have to Americanize. He went right across the street on my left-hand side here, which is Mary Tucker, the town, and he bought a six-pack, and I said, what is this? Well, that's beer. So I gave it, I think it was 68 cents for three cans. Once I was doing the half of the can, I got this little tingling, and I put an aluminum foil on it, you know, on top of the, you know, on top of the can. He said, well, what is that, Rudy? I said, well, that's for my supper for tonight. And then he goes like this. Well, Rudy, you are in America. You have to Americanize. You have to drink the whole thing. Two years later, I passed by, and I knew. I knew by the way I performed my job that I was no longer the Rudy that I was before. Mm. Mm. I was drunk, full of my horses, hang from the horse's neck and top of the stretch, and there was no way to live my life. I did make the right decision. I said, they should. If I get me a girl, I'm going to get married, and I'm never going to drink again because I become a father, and I want to be a good husband. But it backfired on me. It backfired on me. I had a beautiful, blonde, tall girl. She was a model from Steve Lauder. Then later around, I found out that she came from Fifth Avenue, and so we started dating. We got married. We have three horses from, from Madison Square Garden because she rode dressage horses, mm. but then what had happened, oh, we had two antique shops, three automobiles in the driveway, and a beautiful home. Can you imagine you come from Argentina, and you possess all these goodies in the United States, and I said, I arrived, America, you know? Yeah, yeah. And my ego began to overgrow within me, you know, uh, okay. until someday, Somehow my wife could, because she never drank, she never smoked. And uh, what had happened is that uh, I abandoned home. I abandoned home completely with horses. With uh, My horses used to be kept on Sayasus, my house was in Copen. And the antique shop no longer were mine. I picked up that rough automobile that I had, the Camaro 387. I began to collect DWI. Because I all the time want to be better and in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wind up having about four DWI. Oh, then, wow. Yeah. <clears throat> that, and that was when they don't used to give DWI. In the 80s, wow. in 70s. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Later around, I continued to drink a little more and I was seeing my, myself declining. I was no longer as the typical alcoholic. 
I was sitting at the edge of my bed in the rooms of Belmont Racetrack because I didn't have a home no more. And I would sit down and I said, well, I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to shower now. Then I forgot to take the shower. One more drink, it was, well, anybody smelled the same anyway, you know? So I didn't shower for a couple of days. I still working for Mr. John Nerud, John Nerud for Tustin Stable, which I worked 27 years for him since I was a kid. And he used to call me Sabu. Sabu, okay. you really do not do your job like you used to do no more. So mm-hmm. I wind up grooming horses. I get happier. Now I go to the bar. I have no wife. I have nobody. I'm alone again. I can drink all I want. And I wind up taking paths on, on the bars. And I become very generous. I knew, Bill, and this is put it to confirm the alcoholism and it's not alcohol wasn't. I knew, I knew at that time the price of the bottle of Shiva Regals, which it used to be $36 per bottle. Mm-hmm. But I did not know. Quote me in this one. I did not know the price of milk for my son, which was a gallon of milk because mm-hmm. I used to go out for milk and I come back with none. I'm walking one day in Plainfield Avenue, and I said, should I go back to Argentina? And I looked myself here. My shoes were not shining. My teeth were not white no more. I have beautiful white teeth. My my face was purple, and I weighed 120 pounds, and I looked like I weighed 150. I was mm. blown up with alcohol, you know? Mm. Yeah. I walked down the street in Plainfield right here by Belmont Racetrack, the H. Belmont Racetrack. Mm-hmm. And I said, I can't do this. How can I go to Argentina to, to my mother? How can I go present myself like this? I can here to progress, not to digress, you know? That phrase Rudy uttered, how can I go see my mother like this, really tugged at my heartstrings. I happen to be a big believer in guardian angels. As someone who's had more than his fair share of screw-ups in his life, I can personally attest to the existence of these wise hands, these saviors. I've also had the chance in my lifetime to see people who I love dearly struggle with the master drug, as Louis called it. In every case, I know that in some way, shape, or form, their guardian angel visited them too. In Rudy's case, more than once. In Barn 24, they told me, Rudy, we want you at 5 o'clock in the morning to work out this feeling, and we're just going to work him out in the dark. I said, okay, sir. I can yes you all the time. Yes, yes, sir, when I'm not drinking. Mm-hmm. But that particular day, just to say goodbye to my friends at the, at the BPI, I said, let me just go back and say goodbye to Rosie and Kathy, and I'm going to come back soon. After, after August. I go there, and guess what happened? We start drinking, yep. I look at the clock, and it was 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, and wow. Rose said to, Rosie said to Mary, isn't that Rudy so cute? Doesn't he look Charles Bronson? Charles Bronson. Mm-hmm. The dead wish. And, and entered the, the illusion that I was going to be like Charles Bronson because everybody, and still to today, they think I look like Charles Bronson. And I start driving in a two-way 
unknowingly to me, I was driving 105 miles in a two-way oh, plane. Wow. Wow. Charles Bronson with the Battle of Johnny Walker right between my legs. A uh, six-pack of beer the Angel Cordero used to advertise. And a pack of Marlboro. And I told you I didn't smoke, but I have a pack of Marlboro because I want to be better then. All of a sudden, I see the blue light behind me. And there is the police office. And guess what? A little 120-pound guy with a 6'2 police officer, be a dirty mouth, and give a nonsense derogatory language. Mm. And he says, you're not making to Saratoga. So why not? I'm taking you. He took me to not to the jailhouse in Goshen, Newburgh. Yes. Okay. Goshen, Newburgh, 117. Okay. At the third day, that was July, this one goes to the numbers. And July 31st, 1977, later around, he came to my cell on August the 3rd. He says, Rudy? I said, yes, sir. How do you know me? Don't you remember me? He says, I said, no, sir. I'm your arresting officer. But yeah. how do you know my name? It's all in your equipment and your, and your automobile. But you're going to stay here for a little while. So it was 30 day incarceration, DWI, driving over the speed limit, derogatory, and I was next to his, uh, to his secretary also. But he had a one wonderful thing to say, Bill. It was mm. really, if you ever, if you ever sober up, you might turn to be a good person. He didn't say, I'm going to be. He says, you might turn to be a good person. He planted the seed of wow. alcohol. Wow. No wow. longer have an automobile. No longer have an automobile. Mm -hmm. I was driving in public transport. I mean, I was going in public transportation. And I had a one day, one Saturday, I had a brown bag with a can of beer inside. Now, the bus driver looked at me and said, sir, I see you every Saturday with a brown bag. Why do you have it inside? I said, well, I have a beer. He said, but why? I want to control my drinking. Listen to this. He said, sir, when you believe that you have a control, it's because you no longer can control your drinking. Mm -hmm. Second seed, May the 1480, by the grace of God. Yeah. By the grace of God, and those two seeds are grown. I came into the program of Alcoholic Anonymous. That very day on that very bus, Rudy decided he had had enough, and he did something about it. He went to see a counselor he had previously met whose advice and encouragement he had, like so many alcoholics, dismissed outright when he first heard it. But this time he listened to that guardian angel and uttered those words that, from that moment forward, not only has there been tremendous personal sacrifice and growth from and for Rudy, but an entire needed movement has swept across this country, changing Rudy's life and the lives of many others. I said, I want to stop drinking. He said, well, go ahead and have two drinks and come back. But come back. Don't stay in the bar. I'm going to take you to a detox and NASA medical center in Hampton Park. I said, what does that mean, detox? He said, when you come back, I'll explain you. 
just because I want an answer, because I'm curious all the time, what to learn a little more, what does I mean the that? So I went back to the tavern across the street from the alcohol uh, office, alcoholism abuse or something. I forget the name of the office, you know, alcoholism. Mm-hmm. And I came back and I said, what does I mean the that? Boys, I'm going to take the alcohol blood content blood out of your out of your veins. And I said, how are you going to do that? Well, the doctor's going to take care of that. So why I want to drink? I don't want you to have a compulsion in my car and you might get an accident or something. So I went. I went. They took me to detox five days. After five days detox, they said, really, we're going to send you to Plainview. You know what Bellevue is, right? Bellevue, the hospital? I do not. So go ahead. Tell me. Plainview is a rehabilitation center. Okay. And I, Bellevue, see different spelling. Bellevue is a, it's a psychiatric ward. And I said, you're going to take, take me to Bellevue? No, no, really, Plainview. He said, well, I'm crazy enough, so I can't go anywhere. So I went, mm. said, you know, in treatment for three months. I came out. I begin to have people. I begin to, three years later, I begin to, uh, to help people going to Southwark Hospital and the counselor from the clubhouse and, <clears throat> and Belmont Raytrack is a Rudy. You're the only one that can speak little English. Could you help me to bring people to South Oak Hospital? Mm. And I said, yes, yes. As soon as I stay sober, I said, yes. My first, my first, my first salary was a salami sandwich and a Coca-Cola. <laughs> the second one was a $20 bill. And the third one, I just begun to help with the people on the back stretch. Yeah. I am wow. very fortunate and very blessed. I met my second wife mm-hmm. in AA meeting, and then she said, Rudy, you are now the EAP for the three major restructures of the United States. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, EAP, right? Employee yeah, assistance. Yeah. 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 As he moved forward from that defining moment in his life, others began to take notice as well, and they gave him the tools to do even more. And more he did and does. And Mr. Vince Ramirez says, how come these guys are so neat nowadays? They clean. They come to work nice with the horses. They're no longer fighting. And Chaplain West said, well, they hang around. They call me the Jackie. I was never a Jackie. I'm actually a writer. I says, if they hang around, the old Jackie, Rudy. He said, tell Rudy we want to talk to him. The next morning, Chaplain Watson told me they're going to come and visit me to my stable. And I'm sitting in my stable, number 42, and I feel hay, drinking a cup of coffee. And two gentlemen, he says, my name is John, I forget his name, John Gallagher. And he said, I'm the president of, of the of Belmont Racetrack and chief of investigation, Mr. Ramirez. When they said this word, I did not know what they meant by it. They said, Rudy, we have a proposal for you. Mm. I didn't understand what proposal was. Okay. And my wife okay. has to what a proposal was. And the proposal was, if I want to leave the horses, they're going to send me to additional education. 
and then we're going to start this program. I follow up, and they said, Rudy, if you doing this, we're going to develop your salary, but we're going to send you to schools for you to have a more education, clinical education. So I went to South Oak Hospital over here in Long Island, School of Psychology, needs behavioral patterns, education on substance abuse and alcohol intake. Wow. I graduated with 97, and remember, I couldn't speak English very well, but my wife was the wind beneath my wings. I graduated from South Oak Hospital. Now I have a, my diploma from Sabonica High School, diploma from, and Mr. Ramirez says, Rudy, we're going to send you to the School of Medicine in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, wow. After care of Dr. Barrett, which I did. I went for a close course. Now as a doctor to learn how to detox people, how to do urine tests, breathalyzer tests, and hair tests. And as I told you before, what Paul says, Rudy Rio and five of his volunteers help about, and I have the records. If you don't believe me, I have the records at home. Uh, 1,100 employees in the first year of my opening this program. 1,100 stay sober. Some they overdose. Some of them relocated. Some of them they just didn't come back to the program. Yeah, yeah. You know? But, but 1,100, 1100 came through the program, though, or at least started yeah. the program. Exactly, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Wow. Okay. Wow. okay. And it's a wonderful thing that we're doing in here. Okay. But we have to also remember this is not all about me, me, me. It's all about the accolades go to the people that helped me initiate this program, okay? And that one I mentioned the name of Dr. Chaplain Watson, my wife, Mr. Ramirez, Mr. Jim Ryan, and so on and so forth. Rudy talked about all of the benefactors like the New York Racing Association, New York Thoroughbred Horsemen's Association, and owner Mike Dubb, who have made generous contributions to this backstretch assistance program, which now encompasses not just alcohol and drug abuse programs, but on-site and preventative health care programs on the backstretch, citizenship classes, legal assistance, and English as a second language programs. As someone who loves history and loves the history of our sport, Rudy mentioned one name, Jim Ryan, who I had to go look up because of the reverence with which Rudy spoke his name. James Ryan, along with his carpenter brother Edward, founded Ryland Homes in Maryland in the early 1960s. Jim purchased the land he christened Rye Hill Farm in 1970. The roll call of champions from that Mount Airy, Maryland sinecure is staggering. Susan's Girl, Quadratic, Smart Angle, AWOD, Heavenly Cause, and the second of Woody Stevens's five straight Belmont winners, Caveat. But Jim Ryan had a view that looked beyond the winner's circle all the way to the backstretch, showing a capacity for humanity that allowed him to see what some of us are all too eager to turn a blind eye to. His donations and Rudy's vision helped lift the backstretch assistance movement in New York and provided seed money to those movements across the country, ultimately encompassing more than 50 racetracks. It is to Mr. Ryan, you know, Jim Ryan from the Ryan Hill Farms, because he said it. I'm going to donate $20,000 to 
matching fund to the racetracks around us. And he dedicated to Aqua Belmont in Saratoga, so I caught up with $120,000, okay? It says, during the late 1980s, this recent emigrant from Argentina, an exercise writer by trade, and with little formal education, completed laying the foundation for the best program as he wielded himself into fundraiser with the help of others, was able to get close to $100,000 money, a seed money from yeah. the Racing Association, NISA, and the Ryan Family Foundation. Rudy is no longer for the best, but best continues to benefit from his sage advice and the solid foundation, which he laid 27 years ago, extended on Rudy's shoulder. Best has become a model for the nation of nations at racetrack, now providing free health insurance, primary health care, New York state licensed drug and alcohol treatment, food clothing, and so on. But most of all, best continues to be fueled by the original passion of Rudy Rios to help the seemingly unhelpable and to give a hope to the hopeless of the backstretch at Belmont Racetrack and all. This program now Bill, but the grace of God, and I witnessed that, I have the records at home. It's in 50 racetracks of the United States, this problem. Without the vision of a Rudy who saw something and did something, and a Jim Ryan who did the very same after an eye-opening tour of the backstretch at Laurel Park, where would we be today? Rudy is now a lecturer, a director of counseling services, a board member at various recovery organizations, and he still attends two meetings every day. His commitment he proudly wears on his sleeve, but he doesn't let that get in the way of remembering who he is. My titles were, and, and you know my sponsor, my sponsor, Bill, uses mm -hmm. the root because I have a, all the titles in the world in my home, in my, my home office. Really remember, titles and idols, they can inflate your ego. And once your ego take over, be careful with the next drink. Keep it simple. Don't yeah. drink for a minute. After 42 years of sobriety, Bill, not today because I'm, I'm, I'm meeting with you. This is a meeting that I have with you. This is an AA meeting. Okay. I go two meetings a day. Why? Because I don't want to forget where I come in from. You should be very proud. You're going to say very proud. You know what? I never use the word proud because it takes to me and to be proud of what I'm doing and to... My ego increased. Look how well I am good. No, I am blessed. I am blessed by God's grace. And it's a strength and power that I'm doing what I do today. Not only for but for others. I feel very fortunate to have spent this time with Rudy, having the opportunity to hear his story. To use Rudy's term, blessed, actually. I love that word, blessed. It has tremendous meaning to me because it reminds me not only of the great fortune I have had in this life, but it reminds me of my dad also, who always reminded us that we weren't lucky, 
we were blessed. I know I am blessed to have met Rudy, and we are all blessed for the work he has done and continues to do. We'll be back next month to share another story that takes us beyond the backstretch. In the meantime, may good health and happiness and gratitude for both be yours for you and your loved ones today and always. I got the horse.